0: The following podcast contains alcohol-enhanced conversations about alcohol, as well as the potential for the discussion about topics of dubious, disturbing, possibly offensive, but usually hilarious interest. The opinions stated herein are solely of the persons making them, and any endorsement of these opinions by any other party is not implied. Foul language is likely, but intolerant viewpoints are not. Listener intoxication is advised. Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the Whiskey Tangent Podcast. I'm Scott.
1: I'm Ed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, let's start again.
0: <laughs> Ed's a little down this week. Yeah, it's all right. Just say, I'm Ed. I'm Ed. <laughs> and today we begin what we hope is the first in our ongoing occasional series of episodes that we're calling the United States of Whiskey.
1: Tonight we'll have one down in 49 to go. <laughs> That's
0: right. <laughs> Wherein we pick a state. And review and discuss the whiskey created by the numerous small distillers in that state. We're starting off with what might be a strange choice to some, the state of Tennessee, which of course, like Kentucky, has a long history of industrial-sized distilling. I mean, Jack Daniels, anyone? (laughs) But is also home to lesser distillers with a long history, as well as a new crop of craft distillers looking to make some waves in the vast, unremitting ocean of whiskey that represents today's distilling business. Mm. And joining us today on the first stop of our American distillery road trip is the mayor of Jackie's Crossing and director of photography, social media, (laughs) and human resources for the Whiskey Tangent podcast, the lovely and talented Siobhan
2: hey everyone <laughs> that is a lot of duty yeah, it's, <laughs> like, it's a lot just get to work
1: <laughs> just w- just waiting through all my hr complaints that's alone like they've made it a google form i hear it's like, electronic now
2: how does the hr person sit down an employer that she actually works for and tells them right, hey, right,
0: right. well that's for you to figure out <sighs> right. (sighs) (laughs) So the car's all gassed up. We brought some snacks, emptied our bladders, and Ed's going to take the wheel and let us know which Tennessee distillers we'll be visiting, as well as which Tennessee whiskeys we'll be drinking and enjoying tonight.
1: That's right, Scott. Thank you so much. So I guess the biggest one and the most veteran one that we're going to be drinking tonight would be the George Dickel Distillery. Mm -hmm. I've just simplified the name. It's a much longer journey of that distillery, but George Dickel is a name that you see a lot. You can get their 8 and 12 Mm -hmm. versions. And what's funny is I really like their marketing style. Like they have an eight and they have a 12, but it's not eight year or 12 year. But it kind of makes you think it is when you first look at it because it's like an eight on the bottle. Really? Yeah, it's like it's okay. like George Dickle eight and then George Dickle 12.
0: Yeah. I but thought that was a year.
1: No. Oh. and then So the one that was kind of making waves was a bottle and bond. It was hard for us to get, but I finally found one. Yes. And this changes a bit. I mean, I've seen it at 13 year. I got the 11 year. And the other established one that's new, but has a long history, I guess, is why I meant it's established. and hasn't been around that long. Right. Is Uncle Nearest. And we're going to be doing the 1884 small batch whiskey. I just have
2: to interrupt real quick and say that some people want their uncle the farthest. <laughs> yes. Yeah. probably right.
0: could ever get them. Right. right. I made the joke that Uncle Nearest me is an asshole
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, right so we're going to be tasting both of them first yes and then a smaller what you call a boutique distillery yeah by some people sure who seems to be getting more and more popular is corsair distilleries and they have a lot of interesting products they sent us two interesting expressions the dark rye and then a triple smoke which I know it's got Scott excited and me be sad because yeah.
0: um, I don't
1: like anything really smoky.
0: <laughs> yeah, because it's a, an American single malt. Right. And it says it's only slightly smoky, but we will find out.
1: Right. So, Uncle Nearest, um, first of all, is an actual person. Nathan Nearest Green, born in 1820.
2: Brothers from Yellow. Nearest what? Green. Brothers. Oh, God. Is, jokes wow, are so far from yellow. all of my jokes are just
1: the problem with having super intelligent people in the podcast is that happens <laughs> an obscure reference that she puts together in her intricate mind that the rest of people are like what the fuck what? does that mean huh i'll just put the crickets it'll be great
2: Oh, no crickets <laughs> put like pop corner cows mooing or something
1: oh cows mooing interesting (laughs) (laughs) go ahead it's okay i'm a sentence into it no reason to go ahead get out of your system so i can read (laughs) no all right no we're
2: fine go ahead
1: (laughs) all right so uh nearest green was uh
0: (laughs) 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 we are already off the rails
1: (laughs) continue So, to sum up again, Nathan Nearest Green was born in 1820 into slavery, and even after the Emancipation Proclamation, he stayed on working in the whiskey industry, which he got into at an early age. And so, one of the whiskeys is named 1820 after his birth, and then there is one that's named 1856, and it's believed that in that year, when Jack Daniels was 10 years old, that's when they first met. And in 2017, Brown Foreman, who owns Jack Daniels, actually placed Nearest Green as their first master distiller. Really? Wow. So, evidently, as Jack Daniel was coming up, he was influenced strongly by Nearest to the point where he supposedly, according to legend taught him the charcoal filtering process that has made Jack Daniels have its distinctive taste for the better part of a century. Oh, so, wow. And then the expression we're doing tonight, the 1884, is named after the year that supposedly Nearest Green last put whiskey into barrels yeah. and then retired, and he died in uh, 1890 mm. at the age of 70. And for Jack Daniels to actually go back, do the research, and acknowledge him as their first master distiller, I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, that
0: is cool. So
1: now the whiskey that we're looking at today, which is the 1884 premium, which is a word that means nothing, small (laughs) batch, which actually is a word that means nothing. Right. But it's a seven-year-old minimum whiskey. According to them, Uncle Nearest has a unique taste, also a throwaway word.
0: Uh, (laughs) Everything's very generic so far.
1: Fawn Weaver, who's a CEO and the co-founder of Uncle Nearest Premium mm. Whiskey, she selects each barrel by hand. But part of the company's staff is Victoria Edie Butler, the great, great granddaughter of Nearest. Oh. She's a shareholder of Uncle Nearest Whiskey and it's director of administration. So just like Siobhan, she has many, many different diverse <laughs> jobs.
2: lot of titles. Yes. Right. But you know what I will say? I bet she doesn't have consiglieri mm-hmm. in her title. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have it, sir.
1: I just didn't realize we'd bestowed
2: that. Oh, on. yes.
0: No, she's bestowed it on herself. Oh, I see. By well, virtue of the fact of being the HR manager, right. she hired herself as the considerate. Oh, <laughs> because
2: technically, right. you know, right. with everything that's at the helm, right. I'm kind of... You're pulling the strings. Yeah, I'm now,
1: pretty you know. sure that she'll stage a power move and actually pose me <laughs> out of my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> she'll take the board of directors and they'll have a vote and all of a sudden I'll be out. <laughs> Unlike the guy from uh, Whistlepig, I'm not going to get a $50 million <laughs> right. walk out the door fee with me.
0: No, you get a bag of gummy worms. Right, and gummy it, worms, Slap on the ass. Right. Well, I'll Robert. take it.
1: Slap on the ass. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> (laughs) Uh The podcast. Uh, Now, it's interesting. That is about the value of the podcast right now. (laughs) One solid slap on the ass.
0: And a bag of Haribo twin snake gummies. So, Scott, were you able to find the uh, mash bill? I was, yeah. It's uh, 84% corn, Mm. 8% rye, and 8% malted barley. All three of their expressions are the same.
1: Well, once again, I feel like Scott and I have been living... Deep in rye world recently. We have been. And it's something I really enjoy, but every now and then I just like to take a nice trip to a sweet caramel vanilla experience. Let's see where this is. Yeah. Let's take it on the nose. Okay. I mean,
0: you're getting all the traditional bourbon notes.
1: Yeah. notes. Yeah. There's some fire and depth to it, too. It's not a thin smell. No, no, no it's, it's not. it's not
0: very light at all. So what's the uh, proof? 93? 93.
1: I'm using yeah. a neat tasting glass.
0: Yeah. You have a Norling
2: glass. Yeah, yeah I knew mine was different. Because
0: we only have two. We haven't gotten the sponsorship from the neat glass company oh, yet. Oh, okay. Yet. Siobhan, that's your job also. Right. Oh, right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right. I'll add that to my list right. of things to
0: do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, jot that down. Okay, so wow.
1: I agree I'm getting oak, vanilla, caramel. I don't get any fruits. I'm getting cherry. You always have to disagree with me.
2: <laughs> no, I thought no, I just was funny. really... I just
1: said, <laughs> I, no, I just said, I'm not getting it for you. Like, I get sherry. Like,
0: right, right after I, I that's said That's like
2: it. the first thing that came to my head. I was no, like, I'm oh, just no. kidding. You're
0: allowed. Yeah, yeah. But although, we, you had been eating gummy worms. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> oh my God, I'm getting gummy worms. It's amazing.
2: I smell sour apple,
0: peach. <laughs> and
2: purple. And blue
0: raspberry. <laughs> <laughs> this uh corn so much corn yeah 84 percent of course alcohol comes straight through straight through. Mm.
1: i believe i got a pretty good price for this i've seen the msrp of this for around 49 mm-hmm. i've got this like 41 42
2: i think it has too much bite well mm-hmm. then, the
1: answer to that is you throw it on a little bit of water or yeah ice, and, could, I, and, could, and I,
0: could, I just did yeah we're all gonna do that yeah now you're just getting like, much better sweetness. Yeah. yeah, the heat is much reduced. Well, wow.
1: absolutely nothing wrong with it, but it doesn't blow me away. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's got some fire, more fire than you think mm-hmm. for even ninety three. It starts out really, really good. And like we've experienced a few times yeah. with OK whiskeys, the finish, all I have is alcohol. Yeah. Yes, I don't have 100%. That's the only drawback. So, overall, I think it would actually be a really good mixer for Manhattan because it's got the fire. Mm. It'll really hold up with the vermouth. If you do an old fashioned, I don't think it's overly sweet.
2: And you know what else? There's nothing uniquely distinct about it either.
1: No. Right. Which is not the greatest thing you want to hear when you're sipping it by itself, but it is kind of cool when you're talking about a cocktail. Correct.
0: I found a review on whiskey wash. The palate says a little harsh and dry mm. with a mild burn and flashes of smoked wood.
1: Yeah. I'm right with that. Yeah. Absolutely. The
0: sugar maple process gives it a crisp, smooth agave like sweetness, mm. uh, almost like vanilla cupcakes, bacon in the oven or okay. fresh fragrant flower fields on no. a warm spring day. Jesus no. Christ almighty. <laughs> and it no. Just went off the rails. Listen, like, and you no. Know. Right. He's going along fine. And then he fell off his bicycle. It was
2: like brownies, walnuts.
1: Now listen, it started out. gummy worms. It started out, just like you said. There mm-hmm. was vanilla. If you want to see vanilla cupcake on the first sip with some caramel, on all right. But it goes right to what he said, the dry, yeah. woody, yeah. unsweet mm-hmm. palate. And then the finish is fire and alcohol. And yeah. Yes. Because at first now, I was like, when you said it was 93 proof. Yeah.
2: I'm like, is it though? <laughs> because were, that alcohol was just yeah, like it's boom have, hey right. yeah, we,
1: we've been drinking a lot of heavy stuff on here 120s and all and yeah. I have to tell you right now it's hot for its proof Definitely. no doubt yeah, Definitely. so here's my thought if you can get this down 38 to 40 and you want to make drinks with it i think you got a great whiskey here yeah if you're looking to sip this on the rocks i think you can do better at 45 dollars. Yeah.
0: yeah i think the price for the taste here is exactly what you say and if it was 10 dollars cheaper you'd use it for cocktails
1: you want me to pay more right. than i would pay for knob creek or woodford reserve for yeah. this not yeah not gonna happen it, legit yeah six eight dollars more yeah. there's no
0: way yeah, it's a base expression. It's yeah. kind of like a bu- Buffalo Trace or right. um, you know a maybe regular Bullet Bourbon. We're not mentioning Buffalo Trace until oh, their prices. Oh, change that's right, I'm and sorry. They Become more available. Uh, I'll cut that out. Regular Bullet Bourbon maybe yeah, right. or or like the regular Heaven Hill. Oh yeah, I yeah. Mean, just I, a base expression. Not great, but you know yeah, not terrible. Yeah, it's drinkable. Yeah, it's drinkable. It's, I was drinking. It's fine.
1: Uh, I was drinking Bullet Tenure and Basil Hayden during my afternoon drinking session today, and um, <laughs> and both of them really blow this yeah. right off the table. Yeah, absolutely. So
0: was there an age statement on this? Uh, it's seven years. Seven years. The 1856 is seven proof higher, but it doesn't have an age statement on it. Mm -hmm. And the Uncle Nearest 1820 is cask strength. Wow. And aged 11 years.
1: Wow. Listen, we're going to try that. We're going to come back. Well, maybe we'll do a quick taste. It won't be till like a year from now because we're yeah. so freaking booked up. But <laughs> but we will revisit this because I feel like there's more to talk about with this, more to say for the company. But for the 1884, I said what I said.
0: Yeah. It's, I think we're all in agreement. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. okay. It's, it's, it's a base it's, expression. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. If they had said it to me, I'd be happier right now. But since <laughs> I bought it myself- <laughs> Listen, if you want to send us 1820 and 1856, we will definitely do another yeah. episode on them and see how they hold up.
2: And what is our email address again? It's uh, whiskey tangent at gmail.com. That's right. It that is whiskey tangent, how it is spelled and should be spelled, right, at so gmail.com.
1: We're going to rinse out some glasses. walked
2: all over me talking <laughs> the email address again.
1: I thought he gave the email address.
2: Yeah, but I was doing it again. Oh. Come on, Ed. Come on. It's all tahas. I,
1: I was trying to take us to the next section, but now I'll wait. Someone else do it.
2: Oh, my God. You want me to do it? I can
1: yeah, do it. Yep. Go ahead. What are we doing? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so anyway, um, we're going to clean out some glasses, and we're going to be back with the George A. Dickel.
0: Okay, so we're back, and we're going to try the George Dickel Bottled and Bond. But first, Ed's going to give you a little bit of history about George Dickel, the company, and everything. Right, Ooh. so this George
1: Dickel is the 11-year. Now, the 13-year Bottled and Bond is the one that made waves and won all the awards. And so I'm still very, very excited about getting a chance to test it. I got it online from Flaviar pre-shipping for $51.99, mm. which I thought was a decent price, because once again, it's like Buffalo Trace was marketing George Dickel 13-year, because that was <laughs> setting some interesting records for how much money you pay for a bottle of George Dickel. Uh,
0: Yeah. Seriously? Very hard
1: to find. It was all sold out. But yeah. if I did see it listed, it was well over one hundred and fifty dollars.
0: Yeah, we're going to pretend that this is very similar to that. The yeah. bottom
1: line is, it's eleven years old. It's bottled in bond. I'm excited. Sure. And it's important to understand that George Dickel has nothing to do with this whiskey, nor has it ever been his recipe. It's more of an uh, homage. Yes.
0: It doesn't speak French. Pay,
1: <laughs> I, I would I would have said they they were paying homage to him. Oh
2: yeah. Well, that, you can say that too. That is
1: correct. But I like it Scott's better. Scott's just an elitist. I like it better when you say it's <laughs> an homage. To him, so George a. <laughs> a. Dickel was born in Germany. Uh, oh. In, oh, in 1818, and immigrated to the United States quite a bit later, 1844. So he, oh. he well before, before the Nazis. Right, he grew up yeah. in Germany. Well, yeah, 100- hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Almost 100 years before the Nazis. Right. But, and that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> well, I mean, in the 1840s, the largest area of immigrants was Germans and Irish, which is where my relatives came.
0: Yeah, mine too.
1: Right. For all I know, my great-grandfather was on a boat with George Dickel coming over. Uh, why, why wasn't he? He could have been. Uh, you, in fact, he was. <laughs> you can't prove yeah, me wrong. Right. They played cards on the boat. They had a great time. Talked about whiskey. <laughs> so um, after the Civil War, he operated a liquor store at South College Street in Nashville. In the late 1860s, he founded George A. Dickel Company, a wholesaling firm which bought whiskey from regional distillers. So if you think about it, George Dickel was way ahead of his time. Mm. He doesn't make any of his own whiskey as far as growing it. He gets some from regional distillers and puts it into his own barrels, jugs, and bottles. So the whiskey was being produced in a place called Cascade Hollow near Tullahoma, Tennessee by John F. Brown and F.E. Cunningham in the 1870s. So they were making the whiskey. He was taking it, mixing it together, and bottling it. Okay. So in 1879, a guy named Matt Sims bought Brown's share of the operation. And by the early 1890s, Cascade whiskey was one of the more popular brands of the Tennessee region. The Cascade label included the phrase mellow as moonlight, Mm. which was rooted in Davis's method of cooling the mash at night. Oh, so following an accident in 1886, George Dickel's health declined and this guy named Schwab gradually took control of the wholesaling firm's daily operations. In 1888, Schwab purchased Sims' share of Cascade Distillery. And so the terms of that purchase made Dickland Company the sole distributor of Cascade. Yeah. So throughout the early 1900s, Schwab fought vehemently against the rising calls for prohibition. Mm hmm. And in spite of his efforts, Tennessee enacted prohibition in 1910, which is like 10 years earlier than everybody else. Yeah. This forced Cascade operations to relocate to the Stissel Distillery in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, interesting. Right, and well, with Stissel got to produce during prohibition. Yeah. But for some reason, when Kentucky went full prohibition in 1917, Cascade had to shut down operations. Mm. In 1933, national prohibition was repealed. Four years later, Schwab's heirs sold Cascade brand to Shenley Distilling Company. The rest had never written down, and so they had to go find two former distillers from Cascade Hollow site to figure out how to make that recipe again. Oh. Long story short, 1956, Shemley tried to buy Jack Daniel's brand, and after that was refused, he decided to instead return to one of their own brands to its roots and compete against Jack Daniel's. Mm-hmm. And the new distillery was a mile from the old distillery site in Cascade Hollow. <laughs> but still utilizes the waters of the Cascade branch and the Lincoln County processing for mellowing. And George Dickel's Tennessee whiskey was first bottled in 1964. Shemley had to shut down the Tennessee bottling operations in the 1980s, and since then the whiskeys hauled in tanker trucks for bottling elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Various mergers and buyouts have resulted in Diageo owning the Dickel brand. So um, I think we've waited long enough to at least start to approach what this tastes like.
0: Yeah, the mash bill of this is very close to the Uncle Nearest. It's eighty four percent corn, as Uncle Nearest was. Ten uh, percent rye and six percent malted barley. The Uncle Nearest was eight and eight. This is a bottle and bond, so the proof is a hundred.
1: Right, and smell it.
2: I'm getting cherry again.
0: Are
1: you? Once again, gummy worms.
0: Are you still eating gummy worms? I am. I'm actually <laughs> chewing one <them> right now. <laughs> well, that's, it's throwing your whole palate off. What are you doing?
1: Yeah, but I like whiskey better when I have gummy worms in my mouth, Scott.
2: Can I just say I get a little bit of oak, hardwood floor. Oh, and, on and the nose? wood paneling. Yeah. Oh. Hmm interesting the throwback <laughs> throwback to the 70s <laughs> To leather. When, when we were children no to leather
1: oh, i have to agree with her though i i definitely yeah i, I definitely I, smell the the, the oak, oak. And, yeah and, and, hey, i do and,
0: smell oak i and i'm actually I
2: do,
1: do smell I a little leather now she's mentioning it she's putting it in my head
0: interesting so um i don't have the tasting notes of the 11 year but i do have it of the 13 year <laughs> and on the nose dry corn toffee oak Vanilla Necco.
1: Oh my God, the Neko.
0: Fucking Neko. Come on. <laughs> Is anyone getting any cinnamon? Citrus peels.
2: Oh, I was going to say oranges.
0: And Twizzlers. <gasps> Finally! Sh- Twizzlers! Shibata's Shibata been waiting for a year for Twizzlers to show up. <laughs> oh my
2: God, we got to ring a bell. I want to hear popcorn. I want to hear fireworks. I want to hear a moo cow. I want to hear it all. <laughs>
0: Oh, so so this is interesting with a little bit of cocoa and mustiness.
2: Now, mustiness. all right, now you lost. Like your well,
0: hand. no, like you were saying, like oak, like the paneling and the leather couch That's, and the yeah, it's like a like my grandfather's basement.
2: Yes. Yeah. 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 Very retro. like
0: I mean, vanilla necco was just obnoxious. It's unnecessary. It's yeah. just unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so are we tasting. Hmm. Yeah.
2: Wow, this is way better than the Uncle Nero's. It is. It is very rich.
0: It's dense.
2: It, there's a lot that's going on there it's almost like a taste explosion it's syrupy it's mm-hmm. it is
0: seven proof higher than the uncle yeah.
2: is anybody else getting more sweetness
0: oh it's mm-hmm. very
1: sweet it's very corn forward it's a uh, vanilla caramel very traditional bourbon notes the finish on this is exactly what wasn't there a minute ago
0: right the finish before it was just yeah. alcohol yeah now you're getting the oh traditional bourbon notes you're getting yeah. oak you're getting some spice
2: yeah, yeah, I mean,
0: I like this a lot. I really do. I do and like it. it, even though it's the high it's corn bourbon. On yeah, put on some water. Even over,
2: though it yeah. has a lot of things going on, mm-hmm. it's really good. Did you try with? Oh, you have the ice there. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. yeah. It's gonna. This it opens it up.
0: even This more. seriously
1: lends itself to six, to eight drops of, of, of some distilled water or a small cube, maybe.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm getting more of the like sort of the leathery taste. Yeah, with Absolutely, the ice on yeah. it. Yeah, and I know leather doesn't sound
1: like it would no. be a good thing, but it really is.
0: It, it's kind of like it tastes the way leather smells yeah. yeah all right um, so on the palate, oak dried corn citrus zest toffee cocoa powder vanilla necco mm,
1: can you just censor that and not say that and not say it yeah and
0: a light something that makes me think of strawberry shortcake
1: Ugh, i mean let me try it again
0: probably
2: the strawberryness of the strawberry twizzlers. of the twizzlers that he was smelling yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, the finish is medium long which i think we agree with yes, i agree oh oak dried corn and spice
2: yeah I mean, yeah. I, I'm getting so much citrus. Yeah. Before I added the ice, the citrus was like...
0: I just want to say that I did take out Vanilla Necco again.
1: Yeah,
2: I'm <laughs> Very smelling. herbaceous.
0: I mean, I herbaceous. actually
1: am tasting... I tasted no citrus until I put it on some ice.
0: I'm not even really tasting that. I don't know why. I tasted Try it more again. without...
2: Try again, or you're gonna fall down some stairs. Random belligerence
0: tasting notes edition.
2: Threatening belligerence. (laughs) Try again. I think you
1: taste exactly what I taste or what I tell you to taste.
0: (laughs) Wow, that's it. I think we all like it. What do you think? Yeah, I I like it a lot. lot. So we're gonna take another
1: short break and we're gonna break out the Corsair, Mm -hmm. their samples. Give
0: me a break. Give me a break. Break
1: Break me me off a piece of of that
2: applesauce. Everybody who watches The Office knows ex- exactly oh, what it's I'm The Office. About. I never watched. I the watch office. The Office
1: every episode. I have no idea what that's from. I cannot remember. It's so obscure. Give oh, me
2: a break. I don't look. Give look at me this. a break. <laughs> break me off a piece of that Chrysler car. <laughs> Could not remember what the ending was, so he just kept I trying can't. to figure out the jingle.
0: Yeah, I never watched the office. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's so funny, it's, and I, actually, I find you would, it hilarious. You would it. It.
2: I've seen I've every it. episode, and I don't remember <laughs> where that. Was. No, That's so, a great I, I, episode. No, I'm sorry, I
1: remember. I'm sorry, I remember now. What, was it, was it
2: Andy? Was Andy? Andy? Yeah, I think yeah. it was Andy.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there the other go. guy knew but wouldn't tell him. Right, of course. Jim. Uh, Jim would would not tell him. <laughs> he
2: was like, "No, you almost got it. What
1: is
0: it? You almost got it, bro.
1: Yeah, you're halfway there. Yes. So, um, all right, take a break." Yeah. Now the Corsair, listen, we've been waiting to try this for a while. I think Corsair's been waiting us to try it for a long time. They have been. They sent us these bottles. Uh, with Like in August. Because we were talking about, you know, doing this with them. And I we, we mean, we've been booked up a bit, but we didn't want to rush. We wanted to create a whole episode around it, which we've done. We brought in other Tennessee whiskeys so that we could taste Corsair kind of like in their own environment and with their peers mm-hmm. and really give the type of feedback that I think they deserve.
0: Yeah. We had this idea to make this United States whiskey and go around to highlight small craft distillers for a while. And then the opportunity came up with Corsair. And I was like, Ed, why don't we just pick a couple other Tennessee ones and then just do a whole
1: right and while i think that there's stronger whiskey states in tennessee i think that new york has a good claim to that sure um but i think when you think of right over the border from kentucky is right. tennessee right. and right. like some of their distilleries have kind of spilled over there yeah so yeah we thought that'd be a great place to start we're not doing kentucky so we're really only doing the 49 states that's right <laughs> but who knows maybe after we've done the other 49 there'll be enough small boutique distilleries in kentucky we'll go back and break down and finish it up <laughs> by that point i will have cirrhosis so it won't matter
0: <laughs> this who is, is uh, this <laughs> is episode
1: 642 right. i'm right. scott i'm oh, Ed, and, and we both have like duck dynasty beards at this point like <laughs> 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 all right so we're gonna take a quick break so yeah. we can actually get through this episode because we still have two more whiskeys to try the dark rye and the triple smoke <music> And having re rewashed the glasses like we've done before, we're now coming back and we're excited because we have the first of the Corsair offerings, the Dark Rye. And it actually looks almost identical to the George Dickel in color. It's a beautiful amber color to it. Don't you feel the same way? Yeah. So I do. Uh, Scott's going to give us a little bit of a 411 on the Corsair.
0: Yeah. Uh, so these guys, uh, another one, uh, the last of our summer outreaches to us to try their whiskeys. This was in August. We've been saving right, we, it, as we said. Right,
1: we've Talk to Sexton, the Fistful of Bourbon guys, being mm-hmm. and Centauri. Battle Legion. And then, uh, like like I'm missing one. Barrel. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. the Barrel, right? We yeah. did the Barrel with the Eva, but I figured there's more probably coming. But
0: We do have another one. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah but they haven't got back to me yet. No, so. no. Right. Okay. So, uh, like the Barrel, this company was pretty new, so calling this a history is a little weird, but here it goes. Derek Bell and Andrew Weber, natives of Nashville and childhood friends, began homebrewing wine and beer in Derek and his wife Amy Lee's garage sometime in the early 2000s. At the same time, they were working on a way to make ethanol biofuel for their personal use, you know, like you do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a great nail polish remover
0: right here. <laughs> When they hit a snag, prompting Andrew to remark that distilling spirits would be a whole lot more fun. And so the two found themselves on a very different path. They traveled to the Brooklady Distillery in Scotland to learn more about the distilling process and serendipitously discovered the inspiration for their brand. Three well-dressed, inebriated men stumbling out of a pub. Amy Lee snapped a picture and a logo was born. But upon returning home in 2008, the trio discovered that operating a commercial distillery in Nashville, Tennessee was actually prohibited. So they were forced to travel one hour north up Route 65 to start the Corsair Artisan Distillery in Bowling Green, Kentucky, named after the French word for pirate. And there began distilling gin and rum. And just two years later, after successfully lobbying to change the city's distilling laws, they started a second operation back in their native Nashville, thus becoming the first distillery in that city since Prohibition.
1: That's crazy. Right? I would have thought there was a dozen.
0: Yep. And as Nashville has grown, Corsair has grown with it. Utilizing a product philosophy of innovate or die, they began creating unique expressions of not only gin and rum, but also of whiskey and even absinthe playing around with different combinations of woods, aging methods, and mash bills, and experimenting with non-standard grains such as triticale, buckwheat, oatmeal, sunflower, and even quinoa.
1: I gotta tell you, I wish somebody would play around with my wood for a while. <laughs> but I respect them. And I saw the quinoa. But
0: at the lounge, at Anders the lounge, had a bottle. And yeah. I was like,
1: you know, and I actually didn't have the guts to try it. I'm like, you know, no, no. I'm just kind of mad at myself now for not trying it. I will go back and try it.
0: Yeah, these guys are really unique.
1: Yeah, I give a lot of credit for that.
0: With each one of these, though, they had to fight with the U.S. government as to what's even allowed to be called a whiskey. So each new innovation and all these different grains, because nobody had ever really done this and wanted to call it a whiskey. So in 2016, Corsair opened its doors to a second Nashville location, providing them not only with more space for the production of craft spirits on a larger scale, but also allowing them to return to their first love brewing beer at what is now called the Marathon Village Brew Stillery. (laughs) Yeah, but whatever type of alcohol they're serving up, it's all what they call Nashville in a bottle. And they mean that literally sourcing nearly all of their grains locally, smoking all of their grains themselves and even using honey from their own beehives. And it's apparently a winning formula for success. For without much of an advertising budget to speak of, their extensive lineup of creative spirits has won over a host of drinkers, bartenders, and reviewers alike garnering them a devoted almost cult-like following and more than 800 awards in just a little over a decade's time.
1: Wow, that's really impressive. I I did not realize all that was going on with them. And
2: you know, a cult-like following is an awesome following. You know why? Because you have a lot of people who are paying attention to detail. Yes,
0: that's right. So what's next for Corsair? Well, the owner said in 2018 that they were starting to work with a local vinter to experiment with grapes sourced from their own 300-acre farm. But can you even make whiskey out of grapes? Well, no, you can't. But maybe we should say not yet, because given their history, if anyone's up for that challenge, I'm not sure I'd wager any bets against the daring whiskey pirates of Corsair artisan distilleries.
1: Wow, awesome. Yeah. I feel like I know them so much better now from your bio. Thank you so much. Oh, well, thank
0: you. Most of that was information that they sent me. I looked up a couple articles on them. Yeah, they really seem like interesting people. I would expect
1: people. them to like them. So. And
0: Amy Lee, <laughs> yeah. Derek's wife, sure. is from New Jersey. No.
1: Yeah. Yay! See, I was just sitting there thinking, Amy Lee, that sounds like a nice Tennessee girl to me, right? I, I'm glad I didn't say it in context because I look like a dumbass. So where in Jersey? Do we know where she's from?
0: No. Uh, unfortunately, I don't. Right. But it said New Jersey, New Jersey. Native. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool.
1: Well, maybe we'll find out.
0: Yeah. So I just wanted to clarify that the first two whiskeys that we tasted, the Uncle Nearest and the George Dickel Bottle and Bond, are Tennessee whiskeys, which is a legal term, basically a bourbon that has gone through... The Lincoln County Process, which is the filtering through charcoal, and is made in Tennessee. And neither of these two that Corsair sent are Tennessee whiskeys, even though obviously they were distilled in Tennessee. Right. So we got the dark rye first. Let's smell this because I'm
1: smelling it right now from my glass before I even brought it up.
0: It smells awesome.
1: Wow. This smells way more fragrant than either of the other two whiskeys. Absolutely. This is so
2: sweet.
0: Mm, I smell cherries.
2: I smell cherries and almonds.
0: Yeah. So the mash bill is 61% malted rye. Oh, wow. 4% malted chocolate rye and 35% malted barley. So it's all malted.
1: There's no corn at all. There's
0: no corn at all. The proof is 85. So not really that alcohol forward. And get this. The age is only eight months really yeah
2: this is some kind of hydroponic whiskey that we're no
0: drinking. i keep smelling it it smells amazing it
2: smells yeah. there's something that's so sweet and nectarish about i mean
1: it. i'm almost afraid to taste it and be disappointed because this I is know. one of the best yeah. smelling whiskeys i've ever smelled honestly
0: yeah on the nose you're supposed to smell wood malty sweet char dark cocoa dried dark fruit pastries and a touch of menthol copper spice and nuts
1: There's actually a lot going on. There's so
0: much going on. Like, I mean, I'm really trying to figure everything I'm smelling. I'm smelling
1: like six or seven different things here. I'm smelling
2: the strawberries now.
1: Yeah, like a berry, like a
0: cereal, almost like Captain Crunch 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 Berries.
1: berries. Crunch Berries. I mean, I'm I'm actually with you on that. Oh, my God. (laughs)
0: Yeah. It totally smells like that. All right. All right. We got to taste it now. The anticipation is too much.
1: Mm, Man, that's really good. I like that a lot.
0: Wow. That is interesting. Wow. I mean. So many flavors. I think there's officially too many flavors. How is it how, <laughs> What makes it this sweet? It's like cocoa. I, I'm, I'm trying so to, much cocoa. Yeah, I'm what? trying to like. I guess it's because it's all malted. That's what's making it sweeter. Maybe.
2: I'm going to add. I'm going to pour I, it on the ice. I
0: am so tasting the chocolate rye in there.
1: Wow. I mean, I could drink this all day. This is phenomenal.
0: Like now this, you want to talk about you know really putting together my hand oh this ugh, would be shit. amazing in a manhattan it, it would absolutely totally put it in a different direction you'd I mean, have to
1: take the vermouth down but holy cow i'm still trying to figure out all the complexity of this
0: you're trying it on the ice
1: yeah i have to tell you it i don't
0: even want to put it on the ice because it's 85 proof i, I, I don't, don't think i need it
1: i don't think it's better on the ice than it is in its pure form i think neat is the way to drink this mm-hmm. i i agree well, the
0: cocoa flavor to me is so dominant with this mm. It really does taste like a cereal. The Crunch bears I had before, but now it's almost like a Cocoa Puffs.
1: When enough people try this, and I can tell some people are kind of like, really wait, 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 what are they going to say? Yeah, say that? <laughs> I don't know if you're I mean, it's just not really, it's, it's not really the way I, it's not really traditional, you know, shitting on it. But I'll tell you right now, when they came up with this and this came out of the barrel, they had to be like, oh yeah, bro. Hell yeah. High five around because this is delicious.
0: When I breathe out of my nose, I'm sort of experiencing some like nutty flavors like almonds or uh, right. Like almonds,
1: but also like a little almost like a pecan.
0: You know what? I peeked at the palette notes. Hazelnuts.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. I can definitely see, see that. Yeah. See, that's been ruined for me by coffee. Right. The, the actual hazelnut is completely different than hazelnut yeah, coffee. Yeah, it's
0: sort of like the imitation like banana versus actual banana. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes, yes. So on the palate, you're supposed to taste oak, copper, malt, char. Dark cocoa, cherries, baking spice, hazelnuts with a bit of menthol, dried dark fruits, cereal grains, and nuts.
2: Oh, there are the cereal grains. Yeah. Huh? There's our crunch berries. Yeah.
0: (laughs) On the finish, medium to long with cereal grain, malty sweetness, and dark cocoa fading to spice, oak, and char. I mean, yeah, all that.
2: That is all there, and I think then some. I don't know if it's just the mixture of the flavors that makes me feel like there's something else in there that mm-hmm. I'm missing.
0: Maybe because, right, because they're all dancing together. Right, it, Without the
2: ice, yeah. without the water, it's an explosion. I yeah. am stunned
1: at how unique and delicious this is. I
0: do. Me I mean, like
1: when someone solicits you to check out their whiskey and they're nice enough to send you a bottle, the biggest fear is like, what if I hate it?
0: Right. right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: what if I hate this? Like, I hated no. jalapeño pepper, you know? No. So I have to be like, hey, thanks for sending me a bottle, but this is ass. <laughs> but the reality is, not only is it delicious, it's really unique. Like I'm trying to put this into Scott, what's this
0: closest to that you've ever tried? I mean I don't even know. I, I remember we tried the Woodford Reserve chocolate malt at the tasting at, at the lounge before COVID shut everything yeah, down. Yeah, and yeah. Th- this is better than that. I remember tasting that and going, yeah, I can t- kind of taste the it, chocolate notes and that. It's, this is incredible. And can we just talk about eight months?
2: Oh, God. Yeah. It hasn't like, even it was, hasn't
0: even gone a full season of cycle of winter and summer. If you could hear
2: the look that I gave you <laughs> when you said <laughs> that did, the first She did look time. at me.
0: She snapped her head around and went like, what? Wait, like, I'm sorry. That's not
2: even possible. You didn't
0: hear that before? You said that this is only eight months. Eight? Eight months. Months. In the barrel.
2: Yeah,
1: that's not it. Not even a full-term
2: child in the womb.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. It's premature child womb whiskey. How are they doing this? <laughs> I don't taste that. It's
2: a oh premature, premature
1: God. whiskey. <laughs> Isn't it incredible? It's incredible. Well, what would this taste like at four or five years You then?
2: don't remember when I asked if, like, if this is like, some kind of hydroponic whiskey? I was like, how is that even possible? <laughs> you know, I
1: did... But I think I was so in my right, own he mind, was, he was in I it. was trying to taste it and yeah. I was going through my mind about what I was tasting. And I was hearing you guys talk, but I wasn't like paying attention to the thread, just what you were saying.
0: Well, it's funny that you said what you said, Ed, because when I was looking up the tasting notes at Whiskey Jug, he actually said the same thing. It's like every time I taste a Corsair, I'm always surprised at how much flavor they're able right. to get out of the barrel in such a short amount of time. I really want to know if they just left it for four or five years what extraordinary flavors they could uh,
2: yeah. just get had If I had to guess, I would say that's something that they've already done. And I mean, maybe it doing. didn't make a difference.
0: Maybe right, or or as I said, maybe they're doing it and they're yeah. and they're waiting but, to I release mean, it. Yeah, if,
2: could be.
1: I mean, their tenure would be coming out next year. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> they were only ten years old. Yeah, so. they're they're only true. 20, yeah, so I, I mean, can't
2: see them not doing that. Wow, eight months! I mean,
1: I know, I, I mean, I'm blown th- away. I thought what will it was able to do with their like th- three and three,
0: three and four years yes yeah, i
1: mean uh
0: they can get why? so much flavor they, out of that
1: i thought they were like the stars of the accelerated aging but
0: yeah i don't know how they do it and apparently nobody else does either
2: <laughs> it's a secret
1: yes it's a secret wow wow well, so i'm interested to try the chill smoke now we definitely have to take a second to stop and clean out these glasses yeah we weren't going to stop but i think we the need to flavor stop. is so distinctive of this whiskey that these glasses have to be completely clean yeah we well, should. well yeah, it'll yeah. be a small stop. Yeah,
2: yeah. And you guys won't even notice no
0: it'll be fine yeah bye bye, bye.
1: So we're back. Finally, it's what seems like seconds to you was 20 minutes plus to us (laughs) at least. As we went on multiple tangents that didn't appear on air. But may later. Laughter, food, fights, arguments, <laughs> completely unrelated to podcasting. And now we're back with the triple smoke, which mm. we were excited as hell when they sent it because we felt that it was one of the most unique expressions that they have. So, Scott, tell us a little bit about what we're dealing with now.
0: Yeah, they had several that they offered to have us taste. They got a Tennessee single malt, a spiced rum. They got gins, a barrel gin, a Villanella bean vodka. They even have an absinthe. But we picked the whiskey we also though did pick a barrel gin that may be on a future episode
1: uh, we're just saving that so we can highlight that by itself
0: yeah so um the dark rye we've already had and this is the triple smoke if you've listened to us you know that ed is not a big fan of smoked whiskeys he's not a big fan of smoky scotches we've talked about it uh, a lot this is apparently though low on the smoke scale so,
1: which I don't understand because it says triple smoke, which sounds like it would be three times smoking. I know, right? Or a really bad WWE name. Like, I don't it's know.
0: triple smoke. <laughs> triple, triple smoke. But the reason why it's called triple smoke is that they smoke the barley. It's 100% malted barley, by the way, because it's an Amer- American single malt. And so they use three different fuel sources to malt the barley. One third of it, they use Wisconsin cherry wood. Mm-hmm. Another third of it, they use German beech wood. And then the other third of it, they use Scottish peat scotland sure, peat right. moss right uh the proof is only 80 so it's really? less than the dark rye and it's only aged again seven months so on the nose are you smelling anything in particular
1: smoke mm. wood and, definitely but, the so wood. let's try to get by the smoke and see what else is yeah
0: there? See, see if there's anything
1: it smells good uh, there's some like sugary
0: yeah there's some sugary notes in there Are like
1: they, a little burnt
2: vanilla some sort of burnt
0: almond. oh almond. interesting a burnt nut something. yeah toasted yeah. Nuts. i didn't want to say nuts oh.
2: yeah. <laughs> like a toasted nut there is quite a bit of a, a leathery aftertaste
0: okay <laughs> Just after smell no oh, uh, oh um, you tasted, oh, oops, I thought we had oops. tasted it Sorry, <laughs> yeah. we, we all actually did taste yeah. it yeah. by yeah. accident um
1: uh i don't dislike this
0: but the smoke is very muted there's there's some uh, sweetness like candy like yes a, Yes. i mean maybe a little bit of citrus maybe
2: citrus um is definitely on the nose now yeah. when i drank it i really wasn't catching it but now that you mention it i think i get it at the end but there's also to me the overpowering of the leather at the end so mm-hmm. there's a little mishmash
0: there. Yeah, you're right there's more citrus on the nose than on the palate i agree wow that's interesting
1: Again, I don't know that I've tasted anything quite like this. Not that I've had dozens of smoky scotch, enough to know what a smoky scotch tastes like. It's definitely the gateway drug to Arbeg. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't like Arbeg right now, if you drank this for a year, I think you'd be able to slide into it okay.
0: Like with the dark rye, there's so much going on. There's so many flavors to me. How are they making this shit in seven months? I I don't know. Like they got to be pretty money over there. If they can put this
1: out in less than a year. I'm in all of this. Yeah,
0: there's smoke and there's sweetness and there's savory notes. Like you were right. saying, Siobhan, like leather on the nose. You're supposed to have caramel, toffee, citrus, char, fresh herbs, orange candy, and a light peppermint with just a touch of smoke on the palate. Charred wood, yeah. sweet barbecue smoke, yeah, malt yeah. sweetness, light grain, butterscotch fudge with light notes of mesquite and young wood sawdust. For me, the
1: smoke's on the finish. I don't get it yeah. a lot while I'm drinking it. It's when I swallow, the smoke is waiting for me.
0: So Yes, ri- that is quite
2: the aftertaste. Whiskey Jug says the you smoke- You
1: agree, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: The smoke is much more present on the palate, and it's awesome. I feel like I'm eating ribs, but I'm drinking whiskey. What?
1: That might be I taking it a step too far. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he
0: does tend to take it a Maybe step too far. Maybe if I had far. a piece of
1: pepperoni in my mouth.
0: But listen to the finish. Medium in length and layered with notes of smoke, butterscotch, fudge, sugar cookies, and, and barbecue. Yeah, I'm with that. Yeah, I agree 100%. That. I don't like it better than the dark rye. I like it better than Lagavulin. So this is Ed's favorite smoky malt. Absolutely. It's yeah. my favorite smoked whiskey of all time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the triple smoke by Corsair is my favorite smoked whiskey.
0: That's really sad. I know the Arbeg
1: and, and LaFroy people are just crashing their cars <laughs> on the highway, but
0: the Audios. But this that's is okay. My
1: favorite, not that, yours.
0: That's okay. Um, so now I have uh, some Tennessee fun facts if you want to share. Tennessee became the 16th state in 1796. Okay. It is 112 miles from north to south, 432 miles from the peaks of the Appalachian Mountains Appalachia. in the east to the Mississippi River Appalachia. in the west. Mississippi. It's. Capital Nashville was founded on Christmas Eve, seventeen seventy nine, and is now known as the country music capital. Of yes, the world. today's population is nearly seven million. That's it, a lot of folks, making it the sixteenth most populated state. So we still have more. Oh, New Jersey? Yeah. It's oh, crazy. fuck yeah! It's it's
1: amazing. As small as we are, yeah, so they're a pretty big state. I drove through Tennessee once. Did you?
0: I've never been to Tennessee. Have you ever been to Tennessee? No, I run? was.
2: I really want to go and see uh, Loretta Lynn's ranches, oh, ranch yeah. house, and her plantation mansion. I also like to go there and see the Grand Ole
0: Opry. Yeah. Its nickname is the Volunteer State for all of the volunteer soldiers that participated in the Battle of New Orleans during the War of 1812 wow. and the Mexican-American War between 1846 and 1848. I did not know that. It has 95 counties. That's al- a lot. Yeah, it's a lot, right? Only 10 of which are wet. Right. Where the That's sale strange. of alcohol beverages is allowed. Ah. Nine wow. are completely dry, including Moore County, home to the Jack Daniels Distillery.
2: Interesting.
0: Where the sale of their whiskey is only allowed in their gift shop and or if you drink it in sample amounts on their distillery tour. Right. The other 76 counties are termed moist. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where, where, Listen to this. Where the sale of alcohol is restricted in some way or another. For example, in Decatur County, you can only sell liquor by the drink in restaurants with a dining capacity of 75 or greater if it's located within three miles of the Tennessee River,
2: wow, That's a lot of <laughs> what the fuck. That's a lot of if then that? statements. Get your shit together.
0: Right, that's crazy. Anybody hazard a guess as to what the state beverage is? Uh, sweet
1: tea or something terrible.
0: Is it whiskey? Is it
2: Kool Aid? Is it Tang? I need a hint. It's white milk. Okay. right <laughs> their fucking state beverage is milk is it lactate because that's the kind
0: of milk that i would need <laughs> <laughs> are you lactose intolerant
2: um when it comes to milk yeah like yeah. i'm okay with ice cream yeah. but like um, you know what's bad for me
0: milk? is yogurt really i, I can't have take any, yogurt i, don't have any I can take with yogurt. cheese and milk and ice cream i'm fine with that but yeah. yogurt goes,
2: yeah, it goes gurgle, wow. gurgle, gurgle gurgle
0: gurgle gurgle wet poop <laughs> what
2: <laughs>
1: We're definitely cutting that. That's
2: no, no that's that has to it's stay in. It's it's wet poop is not funny.
0: If I have to turn this podcast around, that's right. You are driving. <laughs> uh, it has more caves than any other state at nearly ten thousand.
2: Do you think somebody's living in any of those caves? Oh yeah, like creepy motherfuckers. Absolutely. Yeah. Do
0: you ever see the Descent?
2: You ever see the Hills Have Eyes? Oh <laughs> Jesus!
0: Which are home to two things: the <laughs> largest underground lake in the United States, as well as an enormous bat population. Wow, comprising really? fifteen different species that collectively wow. save farmers over 300 million dollars in pesticides each year because they eat so many bugs i have a list of famous people okay who were born in tennessee musicians greg and dwayne Allman,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. uh
0: patriot david
1: crockett and where david crockett die at? the mm. alamo
0: i remember <laughs> get it
1: yes i get
0: it <laughs> uh actress kathy bates Ooh. She's 72. Actor Morgan Freeman. Okay. He's 83. Uh, Wrestler Ric Flair. (laughs) He's 71. Wow. Uh, Singer Aretha Franklin.
2: Dead. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Singer Dolly Parton. Yes. Born in Tennessee. Uh actress Sybil Shepard Interesting. Director, Quentin Tarantino. Hey. Oh wow. Yeah. Right. Actor singer Justin Timberlake. That's right. Wow, yes, he know. is. Yeah. He's only thirty nine. He's been famous since he was like nine. So. <laughs> I know exactly. Uh singer Tina Turner. Right. She's from Nutbush. <laughs> how many how many names city <laughs> <did you get>? limit? <laughs>
1: how many names did you get? Two seventy five? <laughs> Uh, Gene Simmons, the, uh, <laughs> undersecretary of the Navy 1964. And, uh, Bob Blake, he was a director of, uh, ABC <laughs> Nightline. And then.
0: <laughs> ABC Nightline. Um, no, here, you'll like this one sports legend Reggie White
1: oh in Reg- your face bitch right? yeah, the minister of defense very, I,
0: very important to Eagles fans absolutely. everywhere
2: Absolutely, I guess
0: he didn't win a Super Bowl with the Eagles but he, he did, with, did. Green, with Green Bay yeah with Green Bay hey. he died at 43 in 2004
2: You're very weird oh We're, my god very, I forgot
0: that he died very yeah. strange
1: death very strange death
0: uh, Elvis Presley <laughs> was not born in Tennessee but he moved there with his family when he was 13 and Memphis of course is home to his former home slash museum Graceland
2: only thing about graceland is everything that's in the house is exactly the same way it was the day that Elvis oh, died. were you in graceland so that did you go super- did no, you oh, no no wow. i i mean like i was supposed to go there for work and people were like oh we should do that i'm like
0: no no it's creepy
2: i will creep myself out <laughs> and drive myself insane
0: uh, he's still his corpse is still sitting on the toilet oh. yes oh, absolutely yes right.
2: he's so, still trying wow. right. to get that turd wow. out. sorry <laughs>
0: Um, In 1868, a four-legged girl named Josephine Myrtle Corbin was born in Lincoln County, and she had two pelvises side by side with two complete sets of internal and external sexual organs. She married at 19, had several children, and died, ironically, from a leg infection.
1: I I actually have nothing for that.
2: (laughs) I don't even know what to say. I mean... they couldn't amputate at least one of those legs
1: basically she could i mean i have to say it so she could be having sex with two guys completely Uh, differently she could yeah she she, i mean you think she had to that once in her life right
0: well apparently she wouldn't you she preferred it on the right side no it says that in the wikipedia article and here's the picture of her Oh, wait. So, her middle
2: legs look like that of a child. Yeah.
0: So, her outer legs are actually functioning legs that she could walk on, but she had two inner legs that were diminutive Yeah. and just sort of hung there. That's but crazy.
2: Have, how did she have two sexual organs?
0: Well, like in there. In there. Yeah. And then,
2: no. So, like in there. Yeah. And then there again.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's really cool. I can't get a date to the movies and stuff,
2: with this, <laughs> this fucking freaky
1: bitch with four legs got married when she's 19. <laughs> oh,
2: well, my. I don't think anybody's getting a date to the movies nowadays. Well,
1: because, that's because like, there's no movies. There's but no yeah.
0: movies. I, we get life. what you mean, though.
1: Sometimes I have like a three or four dates, nothing really pans out. No chemistry I here. Like, yeah, mass murderer, <laughs> prison for life. <laughs> Joe Fredericks got married today. <laughs> I'm like, who the fuck is marrying a fucking serial killer in prison, but I can't get someone to go get a fucking cup of coffee? <laughs> well,
0: that's it. That's all I got. Take us out, Ed.
1: So we've had a uh, very long and enjoyable tasting night Mm. on Tennessee whiskey as we visited the state we're gonna pack up our suitcases and ride back to the east coast we want to thank the people at Corsair for reaching out to us and sending us two extraordinary whiskeys their triple smoke and their dark rye were both amazing I like the dark rye it's one of the most unique things I've ever drank
0: absolutely the then, dark rye is the winner of the night
1: They make this shit it's up great in, in like eight months like a magic trick <laughs> no seriously how they do it i don't know how you guys do it Mm-mm. really delicious but definitely i would try both of them and you're not gonna be disappointed yeah definitely um the george Dickel bottle bond maybe it's not as good as a 13 year because i never had it but it was damn good to us and the uncle nearest we're gonna try some of your uptick expressions it was good but we take our hat off to uh nathan nearest green who was oh, such yeah. an innovator in the whiskey industry so tennessee thank you and goodbye for the whiskey tangent podcast i'm ed i'm scott
2: and i'm siobhan cheers everybody bye later
1: If you enjoyed this podcast episode be sure to check out our next episode which is way better than this one. Oh yeah also follow and like our facebook page at facebook.com slash whiskey tangent and follow us on twitter at whiskey tangent you can follow me personally at that whiskey guy and follow scott at giant cup of awesome spelled a-w-s-u-m just to be annoying hey You can email us any questions, comments, or love at whiskeytangent at gmail.com. And of course, you can find us always at our podcast website, whiskeytangent.podbean.com.